0: the Apex Church podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well good morning and what a joy it is to be with you this Sunday, and to be able to open up God's Word and just share some thoughts that I have for you today. Hey, I'm really excited because actually in our in-person service, we have a dedication service. Dedication of children to the Lord is one of my favorite times when parents present their children in front of the congregation to the Lord, and we get to pray for them and just speak blessing upon them. We don't believe in infant baptism or children's baptism, but just as we see modeled when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple when he was eight days old, that that's what we love to do. It's it's the beauty of just saying, God, we thank you for the privilege of this child and the honor of this child, and now we give this child back to you. So I have a number of thoughts that I'd love to share with you because I actually believe that there is a lot to learn in the way we raise children, but what about for us as as members of a local congregation? I believe that as we're growing together and maturing together, we are children of God. And I believe that there are some things that I'm going to say in person that I believe would be really helpful to us. So, So please don't put on the filter of this. Neil is just referring to the parents of children. I'm referring to all of us. I think the truth of the matter is we all want to become more Christ-like. We want to grow in wisdom and understanding. We want to go to his word and apply his word. We want to know what it's like to to be the disciples of Jesus. And that instruction can only come from his word. So many lessons we can learn. I, I tell you, I'm 60 now and I'm still learning. I'm still discovering, and there are still a lot of things that I need to put into practice. There's fruit of the Spirit, as the Bible uh, describes, that I need to cultivate in my life. The truth of the matter is, I'm honest, I am not the finished article. There's still a lot of work to be done in Neil Cameron. So I really hope that today, which is going to be very practical, but I really hope there's something I say that's going to help you in your situation. Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5, from the message paraphrase, we read these incredible words. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed you parents are with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. Well, I have no doubt that every single one of us believe God's word. Then why is it so hard to raise children? I have two boys. They're young men now. One is 37. One is 32. And I tell you, we could tell you so many stories. As you could tell me, we could exchange stories of what it's like to be a parent of of raising children. The fact that we want them to love God, that we want them to know the way of God, that we want them to know God for themselves, that we know that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we want our children to have a relationship with God for themselves. That's why we bring them to church. We we expose them to to what it means to be Christ-like. Well, why is it so hard to raise children? You look into those little innocent faces as you hold them, in your arms come on they're smiling at you but let's be honest it's certainly not easy there's no manual there's no one size fits all there's no exchange policy once you've got them you've got them you you can't put them back because there's no return policy either come on be honest some of you have thought about that you maybe never expressed it but you've thought about it but the truth is that for all of us as parents in our hands are potential history makers and world changers. And as parents, we have this honor of shaping and molding and preparing our children for adulthood. I said earlier, we look into these lovely smiling faces, but we know that over time, a metamorphosis, something happens. These kids know how to push your buttons. (laughs) They know how to get a rise. They, They know how to get to you. They'll challenge your wisdom, the older they get, The more they think you know absolutely nothing. Come on, can any parents identify with me? But I truly believe that God gives all of us the grace and the wisdom because he has entrusted you with this eternal soul. I am very aware that our children are exposed to things that I was not as a a youngster They're challenged by things, uh, whether that's at school or education or just society. They're they're challenged like never before. They're seeing things, they're hearing things at at a very early age, far too young. They're told that this is a world of options. There's no absolutes anymore. We live in an age where it seems that our children are more concerned by the acceptance of their friends than listening to the wisdom of their parents. They're working harder on getting likes from social media than the love that they need, that they need and they must have from a devoted parent. So is it any wonder that we're given clear instructions in Proverbs 22, verse 6, where we read these words, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That word train just simply means narrow the path. In other words, parents, you have got to set boundaries in the place and in the life of your children. You've got to make it very clear, and you have got to be intentional. This doesn't happen by chance. You must be intentional, and you've got to be consistent in what it means to train up your child. Notice it says, train up a child in the way they should go. Not in the way they want to go. Not in the way society says they should go. Not in the way social media says to go, but according to God's word, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. George Barna says these words, By age 13, humans have irrevocably formed their belief system about life. What people believe by age 13, they die believing. Well, if that is true, more so should we be very clear that we need to train We need to instruct, and we need to speak words of life over our children. And let me be very clear on this. This is learned behavior. It's not going to happen by chance. For us who are Christians, we know that becoming more Christ-like, it doesn't just happen by just attending church. But we have got to hear the Word of God, and we've got to apply the the Word of God. We've got to be consistent, and we've got to have a desire to grow and mature in the things Of God. That's why here at Apex Church we invest so much finance and time into our children's ministries because we know how vital and important it is. So I believe that this is truly learned behavior and it is our responsibility as parents to train up our children. So here's just a few thoughts that I hope will help you but not only in regard to our children and how we teach and train them. But I'm talking to you adults as well. I think that these are components that if we get right in our life are going to help us as we grow. And one of the things we must, must teach our children and one of the things that we must display is gratitude. That is so important today. We live in, a, once again, a time of, of entitlement. that Everybody thinks they deserve it. They should have it. Why wouldn't they have it? Why don't I have it? My friends have it. My pals have it. Why don't I have it? And we need to, at a very early age, teach our children how important it is. My dad used to describe it as having a thankful heart. There's an expression, having an attitude of gratitude. That we're just so appreciative of what we have. It it seems nowadays that in society, we take things for granted. When my dad used to preach an incredible sermon entitled The, The Thankful Heart, he, he used to go down a list of things and he would say, how many are, are you thankful that you have eyes to see? That you have ears that you can hear, that you can smell, that you have emotions, that you have feelings. And, and he, his whole sermon, he would describe all these things. I heard that sermon many, many times. It still impacts me today. I am so thankful for what God has given me. So often we look around us, we look over the fence at what we don't have, we should be appreciative of what we already have. Let me ask you the question, do we model gratitude and thankfulness? And when we're teaching our children how important this is, let me encourage you, please use wisdom. Don't be finger in their face, you should be thankful, you should be grateful. I didn't have that when I was young. I used to say that to my kids. You don't know how blessed you are. I tell you, kids don't get that. So we have got to use wisdom as we're teaching them the importance of gratitude. This hit home so powerfully to me when, uh, when Neely, my, my oldest, when he was a little boy, and, and he, he was a lovely kid. Once again, just a lovely personality. But we were trying to help him understand the importance of gr- gratitude, thankfulness, and appreciating what he had. So we, we would use uh, this, this little expression with Neil. You know, if we thought that he wasn't being appreciative or wasn't displaying thankfulness, we would say to him, do you know that there are boys and girls down in a home that they would love to have what you have? They don't have anything like you do. You don't know how blessed you are. They they don't have a mommy and daddy, and they don't have this, and they don't have that. And any time that Neil would be playing up or showing an attitude of ungratitude, we would be saying, remember the boys in the boys' home? Well, one day I overemphasized this. I can't remember exactly what Neil had done or said, but I remember saying to him, do you realize how blessed you are? You have so many things and so many kids would do whatever for what you've got. You need to be more grateful. And and I drilled it in. And and obviously on that occasion, I was far too hard on him. He went upstairs to his his bedroom. And his mom went up uh, a wee while later to see how he was doing. And she came down and she says, you better go upstairs. I went, what? She says, you better go upstairs and see what your son's doing. When I went upstairs... Neely, had his little suitcase out. Now, he had, he had a little suitcase that he, he kept all his WWF figures. That, and, and he had a wee wrestling ring. And he kept all the, the figures, Hulk Hogan, all these guys in here. And he'd emptied his case of all the wrestling figures. And you know what he was doing? <laughs> he, he was packing his little t-shirt and putting it in the case. And he, a little, some of his underwear and putting it in his case. And I says, what are you doing? And he's crying and he says, I'm going to the boy's home. I says, what? He says, I know I'm not thankful enough. So I need to go to the boy's home and you need to get a little boy from the home to come. They they will be more thankful, grateful. And I'm like, no, no, stop it. And as he's putting things into the case, I'm trying to take things out of the case. I had overemphasized. A very important point, so much so that instead of the point resonating of gratitude, I had pushed my son in another direction. We need to be careful the way we speak to our kids and how we explain things into their little spirit. I believe that as parents, we need to teach our children not to get caught up in this whole thing called comparison. Don't compare yourself to others. You know, I want to say to everyone listening to me, there is a uniqueness about you that sets you apart. The psalmist said it this way, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The New Living Translation puts it this way, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. There is something unique about you. Aren't you glad that God created you as an original and you don't have to be a copy? The problem is that we spend our life comparing ourselves to everyone else. I, I wish I looked like him. I wish I, lo- I was as beautiful as her. I wish I was as smart as them. And, and as we get into adulthood, we do this as well, you know. Oh, we compare churches and we compare lifestyles and we can't compare so much. But I want to get down to the root today and say, God created you in his image. I believe, of course, that as we mature and as we grow, we become more Christ-like. But don't get caught up in the trap of comparison. Apostle Paul when he would write to the churches, you know, he would be dealing with different churches with, with different issues, and he would be writing to them, and he would be encouraging them for the gift for what they were. When he wrote to the church at Philippi, he thanked them for the gift that they gave him. He didn't compare them to other churches. There was a uniqueness about that church, which was a blessing to the Apostle Paul. Do you know there's nobody gifted like you? There's no one better than being you than you. I know that's not good English. Stop trying to be like everyone else. Walk in your uniqueness. I love the fact that I'm a black Scotsman. Uh, being raised in Peterhead, when I went to school, I was the only black kid at school. I definitely stood out. You know, if there was any, ever any mischief, if I ever got up the mischief, I, I couldn't blame someone else. Yeah, it was, it was me. But that was my uniqueness, a black Scotsman speaking Doric. That's just who I am. And sometimes we try to conform with the systems of this world. We try to be like everyone else. You know, nobody's gifted like you. No one's better than being you. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he's dealing with the church at Corinth, he says there was envy and there was strife and there was malice about everyone. He had to deal with the fact that they were comparing him to Apollos. Apollos does this and Paul does this. And Paul wrote very clearly and he says, Listen, I can't do what Apollos does and Apollos can't do what I do. I can't outdo Apollos at being Apollos, but I can certainly outdo him at being Paul. In other words, all of us are necessary. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. And that analogy is used because as the body is different, so are we in the body of Christ. But we're all necessary. necessary. Everyone, different giftings, different abilities, but we're all planned in the purpose of God. You know, the Apostle Paul says the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. The toe can't say to the finger, I have no need of you. Why? Because every part is necessary. And maybe you're listening to my voice, and maybe you've got caught up in life in this whole thing of comparison. You think others are better than you, or maybe you think you're better than others. You think, well, what about this and what about this? That I want to say something. You are needed and necessary in the body of Christ. One body, many members. We are co-workers together in the plan and will of God. If you're busy comparing yourself to everyone else, you're in the wrong field. We are moving forward together. Stop looking over the fence at everyone else, what everyone else is doing, and be satisfied with what God has called you to do. Who or what are you comparing your life to? Oh, I wish I was a millionaire. Well, I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people that are millionaires who, listen, they're, they're suffering from ill health, from stress, from ulcers because of the pressure of keeping their business going. Do you? No one can do better than you than being you. Stop comparing yourself to others. And here's another thought. Let's teach our children. Let's each of us model what it means to be generous. You know, the Bible speaks about the law of sowing and reaping. If you want a friend, then you've got to be friendly. I've discovered this in my life. If I want people to forgive me, then I have got to be forgiving. If I want people to smile at me, guess what I need to do? I need to smile. If I want kindness to come back my way, then what have I to do? I have to be a person that is kind. Be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your encouragement. Be generous with your enthusiasm. You never know how a smile towards someone could change their day. Everyone that attends Apex Church knows that one of my favorite movies, and it's coming up to Christmas, is the movie It's a Wonderful Life. There's a guy in there, uh, he's called, called George Bailey. He's played by James Stewart. And he is a man who has given up his dreams in order to help others and whose imminent suicide on Christmas Eve brings about the intervention of his guardian angel, Clarence Oddbody. Great name for an angel. Now what happens through this movie is that Clarence shows George all the lives he has touched And how different life in his community of Bedford Falls would have been had he never been born. I just love it. I watch it every single year. Watch it in black and white. It's only good in black and white. And then there's a place at the beginning of this movie, before all this unfolds, there's this part at the beginning of the movie where this voice is speaking to Clarence the angel, I know. And he simply says this, Clarence, There is a man down on earth that needs our help. Clarence replies, Splendid. Is he sick? The voice comes back, No. It's worse than that. He's discouraged. Do you know how many children are discouraged? How many adults are discouraged? How many people are living their life, limping through life, with a total sense of discouragement? But God allows me and you to be used by him to just bring a little bit of encouragement to, to let people know they make a difference. Some people don't realize, perhaps you don't realize, the difference you're making in your world and those around you. In this movie, George, he didn't realize how different life would be for so many people if he hadn't played his part. And sometimes because... For many, it doesn't seem that the sun shines on us. It seems perhaps that you live your life in the shadows. It seems perhaps that you live your life in the background. It it seems that others are getting the spotlight and you don't, or perhaps people don't really notice you, or it would appear that you're not making a big difference. That's how George felt. But when he was able to see, and I know it's just a movie, but when he was able to see the difference his life had made, everything changed in his outlook. And maybe you're here listening to my voice and you're feeling discouraged. You're feeling inferior. You're you're feeling that, Neil, does what I do really make a difference? That's why I'm emphasizing in our in-person service how important it is to let our kids know that they are valued and they have a part to play. I'm, I'm telling us telling the folks how important it is to teach our kids to be generous because when they're generous in their time and in their enthusiasm and with their finance, that God has a way of bringing that all back to them. And then one last thought. You need to understand this and we need to teach our kids that they are loved unconditionally. That doesn't mean we accept bad behavior. No, remember what I said at the beginning, train up a child in the way they should go, set narrow boundaries. But you need to remember this, that your children are created in the image of God. And my friend, you are created in the image of God. A lot of times as parents, we spend too much time trying to create our kids in our image, they're created in the image of God. If you really love your kids, you will give them room to find themselves in a safe environment of acceptance and encouragement. Remember what I'm saying, That does not mean acceptance of bad behavior. But the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says these words, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. We need our kids to understand that they're loved unconditionally, but we set boundaries in place because we want them to grow into adulthood knowing what it means to be respectful, to be admired by community and have value. And maybe you're listening to my voice and, yes, my friend, you're not a child, you're an adult, but maybe you're listening to my voice and and you feel you've blown it. You've got it wrong. You've messed up somewhere along the road of life. Something's happened in your world. And you're asking the question today, can God love me? Well, I want to say as strong as I can, God loves you unconditionally, but he doesn't love our sinful life or our wayward behavior. But right now, you have the opportunity, as I pray with you, to commit yourself to God, to know that he'll welcome you, that he'll value you, that you can change your life and be honoring to him. And if you don't know Jesus, Or if you'd like to commit your life to Jesus, would you pray with me right now? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I've messed up. I know I've got it wrong. But I commit my ways to you right now. I ask you to forgive me of any sinful way and accept me into the family of God that I would know that I'm valued for whom I am, that I would be a person that is grateful and thankful that I would know that wherever I've been or whatever I've done, that you forgive me and that I can be a generous person because of the generous love that you've given to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I trust that you've been encouraged by this very practical session today. I wish you could be in-house with us. We'll be describing or getting into one or two more things, just as I encourage our congregation As children of God, that we have a loving Heavenly Father who wants the best for us. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, why don't you put in the text message there, I said yes, get it in the chat, and we'll connect with you. It's been so good speaking with you today. Every blessing, have a great week.